Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. When I think of photography, it two things come to mind. One is it captures a moment in time, like usually personally something you're experiencing. And it can it's a memory. It's a recorded memory, and you can go back and look at it, and it opens up the synapses in your brain, and you can recall what you were feeling at the time or what you were thinking. And I love that part about photography. And the second part to me, it's almost like a wistfulness. It can be places you want to be or want to go or want to know more about. They can be positive. They can be negative. I mean, they can be images of a war. You don't want to go to a war, right? But you might want to know more about what's going on. And photography can draw that into, you're into that world and like make you want to learn more about it. Nice. So are you comfortable? Do you have water? Everything's good on your side? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm all good. <laughs> I put the cat outside. That was the main thing. Oh, that's a big thing. That's yeah, because she will yeah. make all sorts of noise and get in the way. And... Right, right. Okay, no problem. Um, okay, okay. I think I think we're, we're ready to go. So, um, Carrie, your last name is Carrie Carter. Correct. Thank you for joining me on Shooting It Raw. It's really nice to meet you. And please excuse the sounds of trucks and motorcycles going by because uh, that just happens hey, to be where I live. That's city life. <laughs> yeah, Even sometimes yeah. country life. <laughs> and uh, we'll totally get to know who you are and share uh, what you've done. And uh, I'm delighted that you're here. I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Okay. So let's dive into the first photo. Great. Okay, so fun. The photographer is high above in an audience. There's on the right, you can just see. Okay, so there's this kind of weird, like high contrast lighting. On the right, you can just see the shape. Well, basically, you can see the, the skeletons of a Tyrannosaurus Rex and then uh, another. I'm not really sure what other um, uh, dinosaurs in the background. There are a couple of other dioramas there's somebody brought in lights so it's like stage lights there's a stage on the stage are people in costume uh, the singer seems to be wearing a gold sort of like rhinestone something or other uh, lots of very very flashy wearing a hat there's a drummer with a motley crew shirt of course um there's probably two four six, about 10 12 people on stage nobody's wearing a mask so it can't have been too recent uh there's an audience of about 100 people behind it's very colorful some people are holding drinks ah so it's an adult crowd yes in a museum <laughs> no less oh and they just noticed i just noticed one of the people who's looking at the camera okay so the band is looking away from the photographer one person is wearing uh what looks like what like a this person she should be at rio She's like dressed up with these like big plumes of red and green and pink and and uh, yeah, that's fun, fun. It looks like it looks like a good fun time. And I think it's called okay. So the photo is called Molly and the Ringwalds Party with Dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, Carrie. Yes. What am I looking at? That is actually my band. I started <gasps> an '80s cover band twenty years, actually more than twenty years ago now. Twenty years ago, 
and we play private parties, we play corporate events, we play weddings, and, you know, we'll do some public events. This was a public event. It's at the museum. I don't know if they do it anymore. We did it for several years in a row. And mm-hmm. then it just got to be so overwhelming and chaotic. Like there was thousands of people there when there should have been like 700. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, wow, wow. But yeah, in that photo, we're playing, but we brought up some local theater actors on stage and they were singing the Time Warp. Ah, yeah. okay. And, and, and uh, so, so what do you do in the band? I play keyboards and okay. I sing backups. I'm not really that great of a singer, but I do will sing backups. And I add the goofy element dance to it all. Well, okay, Carrie, I don't know you. I mean, and all I know is that you're, you start the conversation off with a bang. It looks like so much fun. Those parties were fun. Those were, they were crazy. So, so this is Houston? Yes, Houston. Okay, and, and how long ago was this one, this particular one? I think that was 2012. Because oh, okay no 2011 yeah because that's the year I made the samba costume I made that yes ah, nice and I joined a boot camp to get in shape for it <laughs> that's you that is in me that, that's me that's in the samba you. costume well look hey I mean of of everyone in the audience you are off the chain off the hook you look great and you knew to turn to the photographer at just the right moment yeah i don't know how i knew that but <laughs> i think i just got lucky <laughs> well it tells me something it's you're also wearing very high white heels like a good three inches on those heels oh yes <laughs> they were horrible <laughs> but carrie you're you're I, you're kind of crazy what is this this is great <laughs> well <laughs> I picked this photo because it says a, a lot about me in just this one photo. You know, I play in a band. You know, mm-hmm. I love costumes and I like making costumes. You know, I'm not shy because <laughs> if I'm willing to get out there in that outfit and dance around seeing, obviously I'm not shy. And it just shows like mm-hmm. the band, like how successful the band was. There's a huge crowd there. I mean, you can't see all the people because the museum is huge and obviously the picture sure. could only get it fraction of it but I, there's probably about 2000 people there wow you know, it's a big crazy party respect okay so first of, okay so okay you're clearly a creative kind of type so you're playing keyboard you made your own costume you you helped inspire the na- the band to come together what's the name of the band molly and the ringwald oh yeah of course molly and the ringwald yes and molly ringwald does know we exist <laughs> Really? Yes. Years ago, I think it was 2008, we actually got contacted by the Tony Danza show to be on there <laughs> with Molly Ringwald. You know, we were going to meet Molly awesome. Ringwald, and we're all so excited. They were going to fly us to New York. We were going to play a song. We we're going to get to meet her. They are going to do a little segment. Amazing. And then the bottom dropped out in the economy, and we got canceled. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so how long have you been playing keyboard? Um, I started taking lessons, like, I think second grade. My uncle taught me how to, I learned piano, I learned classical, and my uncle taught me, you know, he was a musician, he had his PhD in organ performance, you know, he, and if you have, I, I love telling this story because a lot of people don't know where the saying, pull out all the stops come from, 
it's an organ saying you pull up all the stops uh-huh. and it lets all the air into the pipes and it's super loud and vibrating and it's just massive uh-huh. you can't imagine how massive it is until you're in a room with it my uncle showed me once and tiles were falling off the wall of the church wow, wow. so look at this shooting it raw you learn about pulling all the stops yes. i love that that's great okay so one person i had on the podcast she was talking about how when you meet somebody, it's like you're un- you're kind of like unfolding a gift. You're unwrapping a little present, and you don't know what you're going to get. And and it's kind of like, oh look at that. And and you start off with this photo, and my head's kind of like popping, little little, so like a like the sh- shrink wrap, bubble wrap, pop 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 in my head. Um, what are the, okay? What are the different ways that you express yourself creatively? Music, music, yes. Costume. I would say dancing, even though I'm not trained and I'm probably not that good at it. But when I dance, it is what I'm feeling at the time, as sure. good or bad. But <laughs> you know, well, there's a value judgment of, of you know when you're comparing yourself to that kind of thing. You're it's like you're being self-conscious about it, and you're like, well, is it good or bad? Well, I'm self-conscious and, when I talk about it. When I'm doing it, I don't care. Right. I don't care how bad it is or goofy it is, you know. You're not a self-conscious person if that's the photo that you're providing <laughs> as your first one. Not really. And, you know, like somebody recently asked me a question about embarrassing moments, and I was just like, what? I really don't get that embarrassed. I mean, I've had so nice. many wardrobe malfunctions on stage. <laughs> My favorite one was I had a strapless dress and I did not mm-hmm. wear a strapless bra under it. I had no bra on. Uh, yeah. We were playing at the fine arts and there was an upper stage, upper level, and there were high school students looking down. It was high school appreciation art night and my nice. top fell down. And all the boys were like, yeah, woohoo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it's you know that's all that may be a problem in the U.S. Not a problem in France. You're fine. You know, yeah, but here though, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Gave him it's a good time. <laughs> it's just you know, like uh, it's just skin. Doesn't yeah, just skin. Okay, this is this is you're fun. You're a lot of fun. Do you have a creative outlet in your work? Like, is this part of what you do for? Oh no, for my work is anything but creative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my work is about writing about commodities in oh. markets and futures and cash differentials, and it's pretty cut oh. and dry. Oh, cash differentials! <laughs> yeah, it's exciting oh, stuff. T- t- talk dirty to me! <laughs> Ooh, shooting it raw. <laughs> but I do write. <laughs> Outside yeah, of that, okay. I write creatively. Okay. Outside of that, okay, well, that's awesome. <laughs> I just, I just noticed something. You are going to be episode one, two, three, hundred twenty-three. Nice. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. <laughs> um, do you want to continue on this on this uh, photo? Do you want to move on? Uh, you're you're surrounded by dinosaurs. You're surrounded by people who are drinking. You're surrounded. Some people seem to be in costume. Yeah, uh, nearly everybody had a costume. And these awesome. weren't just like, eh, I put a mask on and whatever. These were like pretty nice over-the-top costumes. So it, it was really a lot of fun just to watch, see what people wore. And like the, That's great. the first year we played it, they wanted us to judge the costumes, which was such a horrible idea. So we had everybody walk around the room in a circle so we could look at all the costumes. And I was like, what? That's like hundreds of people, you said. <laughs> yes. So we played three or four songs and they all marched around in a circle. I'm like, this is mm. bizarre. <laughs> 
So you're in Houston. Did you grow up in Houston? I actually grew up in Laporte. It's about half an hour to an hour, depending on what side of Houston you leave from. You know, oh, so Texas. Yes, it's about halfway between Houston and Galveston. And it, uh, it's like chemical petroleum, you know, refineries, all that kind of stuff. Mm, that's why you're glowing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's move on to the next photo. Sure. Carrie, this is so fun. Oh, this is so good. Okay, next. Okay. From the pause. <laughs> the listener knows something is afoot. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So it's a photo of a glass casserole on a kind of a picnic table in the background you could just see maybe it's a maybe it's painted green floor i'm just describing the 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 background not the point of the photo the point of the photo is that in this glass casserole somebody baked the chocolate cake and then they put some white frosting and then uh they put seven strawberries eight strawberries in the white frosting slash whipped cream and there's sprigs of rosemary, I think. Yes, rosemary. Like rosemary. And there's a green dinosaur that's been sprinkled with uh, icing sugar that's walking away. Wait, there's a green dinosaur that's kind of heading off camera, looking off camera. Next to the green dinosaur could be it's a bear or something, some other small thing. And... Just below or before that is, it looks like a snail or something. <laughs> it's hard to know what that is. Crawling. Uh, and it's called What's Not to Love, Dioramas, Godzilla, and Cake. Yeah. Okay, let, let us into your head. <laughs> What's going on in there? You're like, why this photo? I don't even know which, which topic to pick first because there's reasons why I picked it. And they're all kind of in there. I love dioramas. Like, especially the little mm -hmm. miniature ones, but even the life-size ones you see at the museum, I just, I love dioramas, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, And one year, I made a New Year's resolution to make a diorama. And guess what I did not do? <laughs> so like, For the whole year? I didn't do it at all. Well, I make, like, 50 New Year's resolutions and get, like, three of them done. You're a nut bar. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, That's so great. Christmas, my mom's like, can you make a cake? And my sister's like, she was like, I'll do it. And I was like, no, I'll do it. Because I'm going to use this as my diorama cake. Nice, nice. <laughs> and I put Godzilla in there. I had a little Godzilla. Yep. And next to him is a little baby Godzilla. And the one that you yep. said looked like a slug is the larva stage of Mothra. Okay. So, as a kid. Larva stage of a, of a, a Mothra. I don't, What's a Mothra? Mothra is a big, giant moth. That in some of the movies he fights, or she fights Godzilla, okay. and other times they're ah. they're they're working together. And I think in the later movies ah. they start to work together. And Mothra has the little yeah. singing twins. Sure. You know. So. Okay. I'm saying yes and nodding, <laughs> but I'm I'm in my head. I'm like, what? <laughs> so you made this cake. Yes. Um. Um. <laughs> okay look i have this feeling that like i have this attitude and thing that everything's symbolic 
everything is a window into the person's mind into their things so okay dioramas yes right? so in the previous photo there was a there were the life-size dioramas or whatever yeah there's there some life-size dioramas of like you know sure planes and you know yeah. africa and whatnot but the the you probably like why godzilla why did i pick godzilla no. and not like something else for my diorama well as a kid i was a huge godzilla fan i loved all those movies i watched mm-hmm. you know eat the 70s ones that they were they're considered kind of a little cheesy mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but i loved mm-hmm. watching them i'm like i like watching him fight the other monsters and you know so i wanted to do a diorama using godzilla <laughs> okay well look as a creative soul uh the fact that you were able to make that costume gives me a sense that you understand i mean for people that they have to check it out the photo either on youtube or whatever and subscribe to the podcast. No, but like, um, I get the sense that you're not, even if you're like this weekend artist or whatever, you know what you're doing. That aesthetic of, oh, I really like Godzilla. And it's a, you know, it's a certain, there's a history and there's a, you know, an evolution. And if you followed it for so long, and I like how you said like, oh, when I was, when I was a kid, I was a big fan. It's like, no, you're a big fan. You're I'm still, still a, a big, big fan. fan. Yes, <laughs> I saw the latest movies as they came out, and I like was critique. I even wrote an essay critiquing it. I'm like, they should have did this, and they should have done that, and this would have made it better. Because I really wanted the movie to be just like <laughs> top notch, awesome. It was still good. Don't sure. get me wrong, but it needed more monster fighting in the light. Got it. Got it. <laughs> they had them fighting at nighttime. <laughs> well, okay. Let's look at this diorama for a second, because okay, so. The one thing that is not happening is conflict. Yeah. And I, I'm sure somebody's listening to this is going like, what the hell is going on? What are they talking about? And I'm like, but, but that tells me something. What does it say that that they're 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 basically they're like three amigos on a on a trip through the, the strawberries? Well, it's it's really interesting you said there's no conflict because I actually had a little story in my head when I made the the cake and the diorama. It's like they are lost. And they're in the snow, okay. and they're lizards, so I'm not sure, or two of them are lizards, so I'm not sure how well the snow would, how it would affect them. So mm-hmm. they were trying to get home. <laughs> they're trying to find their way home. Hmm. I don't know why that popped into my head when I made it, but. So in terms of your, okay, your in terms of your work, it's very analytical. You've got like a slightly, I mean, you're doing finance, Yeah. I don't do finance, but I'm kind of writing about... Well, actually, I do assess the market for the day, and then I write about it. So that says something about what your brain is is like. How do you understand biology, natural history? I mean, you're in, you're in the museum. I'm thinking natural history because that's where the dinosaurs were. Do you understand the science? Like, how are you informed by, by that whole part of the world? Well, interestingly enough, like when I was in high school and college, I did extremely well in the sciences. I did extremely well in mathematics and abstract mathematics. And there was a big mm-hmm. push from everyone around me to go that direction. You know, mm-hmm. become an engineer, become a mathematician, do something with it. And I'm just like, it's so boring. <laughs> like, right. I really just didn't like it. Now, maybe I could have figured out a way to have made it more interesting. And I think a lot of stuff like 
engineering and design, it is, there is a very creative aspect to it, but they have rules mm-hmm. that they are working within the rules to make something new. And I probably mm. could have got into that, but instead I went to college and majored in film production. <laughs> okay. Okay. And did nothing with it. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I disagree. I would disagree because film there's the there's the advice that the cl- the cliched advice that parents should give their children is you know figure out what you want to do study hard become that thing you know become a doctor or whatever and s- stay determined and focused and definitely don't job hop and all that crap but when you tell me that you studied film that was training in how to tell a story in movement right you know it's like it's action like it's not if, if there's no action in moving in, in a movie, it's boring. You need to have some kind of movement or some kind of displacement of something to move a character, to move a story. And so, like, for example, in, in, in your cake, like now that I'm looking at it, you thought of making the path for the moth larva? Yes, moth larva. Like, you can see... <laughs> The mud, but you can see that it's actually furrowed a path, a path in the icing, and also the same thing for the tail of of Godzilla. Like it shows that wait a second, they've they've been on this journey, like they've been moving. Like there's all like it's just a cake, it's just plastic toys in in icing. But <laughs> your your arrangement tells me that you've had some training in in narrative. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, I made I've made short films before. And I've written scripts, you know, I, I took a screenwriting class at UT. And then recently I took a screenwriting class with a professional screenwriter. He's now in Houston. He teaches at U of H, but he's been out mm-hmm. in LA and he's had things made. He's had his movies mm-hmm. actually progress into movies. So he, I feel like he's legit, you know, he can yeah, good yeah. guidance, but yeah, it's all about storytelling and structure which i know a lot of people think structure oh that that's a bad thing and i'm like no it's not structure is freeing as odd as that sounds it's freeing yeah you've got your set things now you can do whatever within it and then once you learn that you can be like well i'm going to break the structure but learn the structure first you know so yeah you aren't that much of a weirdo you're not that much (laughs) of a nut job because even your crazy cake makes a symbolic sense yes and plus, I love cake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how many how many uh, siblings do you have? I have an older sister, and that's it. That's it? Yep. You too? Okay. Uh, and how many mothers do you have? One mother. Well, okay. I have a stepmom. I do have stepmom. Okay, yes. okay, 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 okay. Um, and I'm, I'm just asking dumb questions. <laughs> that's my role, to ask the dumbest questions. That's, that's great. So we, we've discovered that you're a weirdo, you make clothes, you play music, you perform in front of thousands, which takes a certain kind of person. Uh, you've studied film, uh, you've made a few clips, and the way you, you earn your bread is by uh, discussing um, finance, writing about finance. Um, look, this is just how we, this is what we do. Yes. So is there is there more that you'd like to share about your cake? I think that's pretty much it. You know, it shows my love for the monster genre mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dioramas and obviously cake because I'm like, who, who doesn't like cake? <laughs> you know? Yeah, most people go like cake. 
just from my observation and my learning and, and knowing you, uh, I, I I appreciate your quirkiness and your there's a fearlessness in sort of going on stage and being and making music and being in costume and making music. But to a certain extent, you you inhabit a kind of character. You're like, oh, tonight I'm being weird. I'm going uh, as whatever. Okay. But then to make the decision, a conscious decision of, okay, I'm going on this podcast. And one of the images I'm going to present, which is a kind of a pillar, a symbolic pillar, is this, the, this uh, appreciation for dioramas. Like a diorama is, in a way, it's like a frozen moment. The way the way I photograph is a frozen moment. So a diorama is like this kind of like, well, I'm going to create a narrative out of, well, not necessarily a cake, but whatever, you know, like I'm going to, like in a museum, here's this frozen moment that's meant to kind of represent a time of the past. I don't know. I'm getting the impression that you're a very, uh, I, I love the fact that I have no idea where we're going next. Because... <laughs> Should we move on to the next photo? Sure, let's go. Oh, oh, you're <laughs> sneaky. That's now I know why why you're on the podcast. Love it. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, a few weeks ago, a few um, episodes ago, uh, uh, I'm so bad with name uh, names. Uh, Julie. Julie. Yes. Julie. Right. Julie was on the podcast, and uh, she had mentioned going into this world of, of publishing and how she has uh, an author that I needed to meet. Um, and I have forgotten the name, but here it is. Carrie Carter wrote, and we discuss a book called Whiskers Abroad. And this is the photo. It was great is that this image is the same image that Julie had, but it's from two, two perspectives. So here is the cover of your book. Whiskers Abroad, Ashi and Audrey's Adventures in Japan. There's uh, three red suitcases, kind of arranged almost like a sculpture. On one of the red, red suitcases is a gray cat looking at the photographer. And in the background, there's uh, the map of Japan. Okay, take it away. All right, well, I wrote a book. <laughs> and Woo! it's getting published. So those are two nice. huge accomplishments in themselves. So this is is the cover of my book and it's about obviously you're like whiskers abroad ashi and audrey's adventures in japan like that hopefully you get a good idea of what it's about it's about a woman and her cat and they travel to japan and it's about their adventures and their stories and then you get the human's perspective and then you get the cat's perspective and it's told like a diary entry so it's so you get two different ones and Audrey's kind of like excitable and a little goofy and a little bit like me. In fact, all the pictures mm -hmm. in there are me. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat's a little bit more weary and like, I don't know about that. This may be dangerous. Or And once he does it, he's, hey, let's do it again. But he also kind of has this sense that he has to protect Audrey. You know, he keeps an eye okay. on her. And the book is also serves as a travel guide. It's got okay. all the places that I go to are real places. You can do all the things in there. And I have websites, I have links to the, you know, the tickets and the trains and how to use them. And there's like tips in there. So it's also kind of a travel guide. It's like a okay. hybrid. Amazing. I'm going to treat you as if you're Franz Kafka, but have you actually been to Japan? 14 times. 
What? <laughs> yes. I have to let you in on a little secret about that, though. Okay. My husband ahead. used to work for Continental Airlines, which then became United, and he had flight benefits. So we could fly standby for free, and it's mm -hmm. easier to get from Houston to Japan than it was to, say, go to Houston to Europe, because Europe, you have to stop in Newark, and there's a risk you're going to get bumped, and you're not going to get your flight moving on. Oh. So we would take Houston, because it's a direct flight, you know, from Houston to Japan, and so we took advantage of his flight benefit as much as we could. Amazing. <laughs> so always Japan, Tokyo, or other cities? Um, No. Various cities. We would always spend some time in Tokyo because Tokyo mm -hmm. is huge and you could spend years in there and still not see everything. But we would go out to maybe the countryside. I mean, we went down all the way down south to Kagoshima. We were there when Sakurajima is a active volcano. We were there oh, wow. when it erupted and I slept through the whole thing That's amazing. and it blew out windows <laughs> and cars and I slept what? through it all. <laughs> what? So yeah, we've, amazing. we've been all over. It's like my, I have friends who live in Japan who are Japanese mm -hmm. and they're like, you've been to more places in Japan than I have. <laughs> That's great. So, so talk about cats. About cats. Well, I've always had cats growing up. We also mm -hmm. had a dog, but we also had cats and I've just, I've always been a huge fan. You know, mm -hmm. I, I got my own two cats on my own as an adult and mm -hmm. now I only have one but she's she's a little cute thing but I had to throw her out because she she's noisy and likes to get into things and rattle the door <laughs> when you say throw her out you mean out of your bedroom while you're sleeping I threw her outside out of the house oh yeah so she can she's indoor outdoor she comes and goes uh, she does what she wants yeah she does what she wants you sleep through a, a volcano erupting <laughs> but your cat is too loud for you yes Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, let's let's walk through that that or let's dive into that world of writing a book. Okay. So how long did it take for you to get this um, manuscript together? Five years. Yes. It took five right. years. Yeah. It started off as an idea, and then, like me and my sister came up with the idea because my sister did all the graphics and the layout and the design of the book. Respect. And, and so Stacy Vickers. Yes. Nice. That's really great. Because, yeah, it's actually a beautiful, like, the d design is, you know, it's, it's just a way of seeing the world. And so, for example, just like when I started talking to you and seeing the photos, like, I understand a little bit about design enough to recognize somebody who has that in them. And, and obviously, the designer of your book is going to be like that, like that. But the fact that you allowed those choices to happen, it's clearly... A beautifully designed work so you work together yes we did and I think it's also a lot of fun just the pictures and the because so, we went in there and we photoshopped the cat into places in Japan <laughs> so like he's really there you know oh, okay how many pages is this a, a long book I or? think it's around 170 pages okay and and is the tone is the tone quirky <laughs> it's quirky I humorous. wonder where that came from it's not too serious you know what's really bizarre about the whole thing is I wrote it and people read it and they're just like that was hilarious and I'm like it was <laughs> like to me that's shocking <laughs> I'm like really you thought it was funny I mean I didn't expect it to be one way or the other I just wrote it I just wrote what I enjoyed <laughs> you know what I thought the cat would do well uh, so one of the previous guests that I had and Charles. 
So Anne Charles, it took her a while. Like she actually wrote a few books before she had a book published. And then once she got it published and she kind of got past that hump, she churns out like a book every six months. But it's a full operation. Right. It's, it's like full on, right? It's a full-time job. For sure. Yeah. I think I think it's what she does. But but she's got like a full, like you should, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, she's, she's lots of fun. She's super awesome. So Anne Charles, it's just interesting in that, you know, in terms of your process, you're, you're a working writer and you are an author. So why don't you talk about your writing? Like, how did you fall into writing? Oh, I've always loved stories and fiction. And I read books as a little kid. You know, I read, read all the Ramona Quimby books and I was a big fan of Trixie Belden, which I think she's a little old school, but, <laughs> and Nancy Drew, I was a big Nancy Drew fan. Mm-hmm. And the rapper? No, Nancy Drew, the, the, Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I was just being, I was being stupid again. I was being stupid again. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. There might be a rapper named Nancy Drew. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Sure. But yeah, I would, I would write stories. Starting in third grade, I started writing my own stories. And I was the person solving the mystery, but there was never really any mystery in the story. I would just go mm. somewhere where I shouldn't be, and then I would get hit on the head and knocked unconscious <laughs> and wake up later, and it was all okay. Ha, ha, ha. Like every oh, story that was that way. <laughs> okay, so in, in Whiskers Abroad, you have Ashley and Audrey. Mm-hmm. So, so in terms of their dynamic, like, what, why did you fall on that as your narrative play? I mean, it's it's probably a really good device to. I mean, because in a way, you said it's it's written as a kind of a an adventure book or a kind of a guide. Yeah, it's a lot of kind of he said she said different perspectives. And the real reason, this is going to sound totally dumb, but (laughs) the real reason why I selected Audrey and Ashi, you know, a cat and a human, was because Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for my purpose in life, my ikigai, and I feel like I can never find it, and I always harass my friends every year, and I send them a list, I'm like, here's the things I like, what should I do, (laughs) you know, and they're all like, stop, stop doing this, just stop it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but my sister goes, well, why don't you just take a handful of what you like and write about it? Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, that's a really good idea. I can write about food and cats and Japan and traveling. And they're like, there you go. There's the concept. <laughs> right, right. So you've had dogs and you've had cats. Mm-hmm. How about you talk about um, the way of seeing a world that a cat does, right? Because right. if you're inhabiting the cat as a character... And you're thinking a lot about like a cat's reaction and the fact that he's a male cat and all that stuff. So what observations can you make about the way a cat inhabits a space? Well, the first thing a cat does is what a cat wants to do. It will sure. not do anything. Be- well, I mean, that there's exceptions, of course. There's people who train their cats. But for the most part, if a cat wants you to pet him, he'll come on over and be like, pet me. If he doesn't want to pet mm-hmm. him, he'll, he'll walk off, you know. He doesn't care. Unless there's, he's in danger, but he doesn't, you know, as long as he's content and happy, he, he will do exactly what he wants. And I, you always got to remember that when, or I try to remember that when I was writing that character. Mm. And then there's different cat personalities. You know, I used to have a cat named Ostie who just loved people. Loved, loved, loved mm-hmm. people. Like, if I had a party, she was happy. She would go from lap to lap to lap in a circle and just keep going around all night getting petted. And now the cat I have right now, 
she's terrified of other people. She hides from them, you know? So there's different personalities. So I was just like, okay, he's a little egotistical and, you know, he likes to be petted, but he also likes being in his comfort zone. But he's mm-hmm. curious because cats are curious, right? So I feel like any cat was given an opportunity to do something new, even if they were scared, their curiosity would win over, you know? As a kind of a foil, because so we've got, we've got Ashi the cat and Audrey the human. Yeah? Yes. And so Audrey the human, in terms of the story, like, does it progress through a kind of a, a narrative sort of a conflict or a moment or whatever, or are they just having an adventure? They're mostly having an adventure. They go throughout the country, and it's like whatever they do that day. There's a little bit that's an overall arc, but not a whole lot, you know. Mm. It's mostly independent stories. What I mean, I'm trying to say is like, if somebody were looking at this as a screenwriter, what is the action other than travel? Uh, the action, for the most part, is just them discovering new things, you know, and being... Mm mostly being excited by it sometimes they're not but for the most part they're excited you know okay. and it's just also about how inappropriate it would be to take your cat to japan on vacation you know <laughs> you don't do that you can't do that <laughs> no it's funny how i just kind of glazed over that because i think when i spoke with julie she, she i was just like what yeah of course taking your cat on vacation um <laughs> I, there must be people who do that right I, yeah, there must be I don't know. I mean, internationally, it'd be very difficult, you know. Right. But uh, there's, I know there's people in the United States that travel, and they take their cats, and they put them on leashes, and they walk them, and they take right. pictures, and put them up on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, the support animals. Yeah, yeah. these not these aren't this cat. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, so Whiskers Abroad, Ashy and Audrey, how are, because it's not published yet. It's not printed yet. No, or it is published. It's yet. not. It's coming, it's launching October 6th. So you'll be able to get your EPUB then, or you can order it then, or you can order an mm-hmm. actual physical book. Uh, we're having yeah. a pre-sale of like your EPUB or Kindle or whatever you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like to read it on. It, that is happening sure. now. You can order it, but you won't get it until October 6th. Are you working on another one, or is this... Um... I'm sort of... Well, I was thinking about doing a sequel where they go back to Japan, but I'm like, mm-hmm. for that to be successful, I... I need to go back to Japan and make sure all the things on my notes, they're all still around and they still exist, you know, especially with COVID. Like I went to Japan and I saw the robot show, which is a very touristy thing to do, but it's absolutely amazing. It is so bizarre (laughs) and mind blowing. And you're just like, what am I watching? (laughs) You know, but, but it's no longer around. You know, COVID, okay. it went away with COVID because the people seeing it. The robots it, got COVID. People seeing it were the tourists, you know. Oh, no right, tourists. Right, right. Of course, I think it'll come back once the tourists come back, you know. Sure. But I, I would have to go and check that kind of stuff out. And the borders right now for Japan, they claim they're open to tourists, but mm. you have to go with a tour group. They tell you where to go, what to eat. I mean, they micromanage you 24-7. And I'm just like, that's not going to work too well for fact-checking for a book. <laughs> so I've shifted to outlining, working on an outline now for South Korea. Because I've been there a couple of times, and I know they're currently open to tourists. Nice. Okay. Well, shall we move on to your last photo? Pack? Sure. <laughs> Say what? Okay, dude, you set me up. 
exactly. <laughs> Set me up. <laughs> You're fired. Okay, so in this photograph is is it's the interior of a plane. Not quite. I wouldn't call it. Um, I. Well, actually, it could be business class. Sure. Yeah. Nice sort of nice open seating. Yeah, it's kind of business classy uh, plane interior. There's something fishy. Okay. So is the person in the seat you? That's me. Or is that somebody else? That is me. That's you. Yes. Oh, wow. Look at that. So just very conservatively, all black. And so you're because you're in business class after all. Business class and, uh, and on standby. So you have to dress up kind of nicer. Of course. Yes, so you're sitting there and you're looking at the photographer and it's all very nice. And uh, in the seat next to you, also in business class, is um, Ashi? That is Ashi, yes. Ashi, yes. (laughs) Ashi the cat. Looking at the photographer, just kind of like, say what? Just kind of like, yeah, I'm in business class. What are you doing? Okay, so take it away. (laughs) Well, that is actually a photo from the book. It's in the book, oh, nice. so yes. And there's a, you know, there's a little story about how he gets upgraded from down cargo. He's gonna be in the cargo because he's a cat. Mm-hmm. And cats travel in the cargo, and he gets himself upgraded to business class. Of course, you know, he charms the person into upgrading him. <laughs> <laughs> so photoshopped. Yes, yes, yes. Must have been. Must have been. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I don't think they allow cats to sit freely in your seat. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. Okay, so so where are we going to go from here? Like it's it's the impossibility or or the I mean basically this is a kind of diorama that you've created. Yeah, and basically it's just it kind of I wanted to put it in here because it sets the tone of the book. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's pretty silly. I mean, a cat in business class, like really. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you kind of from that photo, you know you're going to get something that's more on the lighthearted side. It's not, sure. you're not going to have the meaning of life in it. Although you maybe you might consider eating ramen for the first time, your meaning of life. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, in, in the smallest things you can have, you know, it's like that, uh, Marcel Proust idea, right. Of like, you know, he bites into the Madeleine and then all of a sudden that triggers all of these memories. Uh, and in the same way, I mean, maybe you can find that moment of in silliness, right? Um, wait, where were we going? I'm going to edit all this out. Don't worry. Or maybe I won't. We'll see what happens. Um, me flailing. But wait we're a second. We're talking about like, meaning of life and little things. And Yes, right. Haruki Murakami. Have you read Haruki Murakami? Yes. <laughs> now look, first of all, that's a big, that's big praise, big shoes to fill. I'm putting you in the same, uh, in the same passenger cabin with Haruki Murakami. Okay. So... Do you like him at all? Yes. I I have to say I've only read one book, though. And I started the second one. Oh, gosh. The Traveling Cat Chronicles. Okay. And I started the second one about the cat in the neighborhood. But I don't think the story is really about the cat. But I haven't gotten far enough into it. In all of his books, he's got a cat. Or he's got cats in them. Is it the Wind-Up Bird Chronicles? No, I cannot remember the name of it. My wife bought that book, or she gave me that book to read, and it's called The Wind-Up Bird Chronicles. And I've bought that book for many, many people because it's that magical realism, right? Right. Like you're, you're living your life, and then all of a sudden something really crazy happens. So, yeah, yeah. So, 
why don't you take that notion of magical realism and riff on that? Oh, wow. In terms of your work. Yeah, I mean, because obviously there is an element of magical realism if you've got a cat that types, you know, and travels <laughs> and manipulates situations. Like he wants to go, there's a chapter in the book where he wants to go out exploring on his own. He doesn't want his owner with him. So he convinces her, walks and guides her to a Tex-Mex restaurant in Tokyo. So here he is in this Tex-Mex restaurant and he's like pushing the menu and pointing at the margaritas. And she's like, ooh, margaritas. <laughs> so she drinks a bunch and she gets back to the room and, and passes out. And so he uses that opportunity to escape from the room and go have his own adventure on his own. Does a cat talk? No. No, he doesn't talk. He does type. <laughs> he, he, he writes. Right. Yeah, he doesn't talk, of course. <laughs> what, are you some kind of lunatic? <laughs> okay. Okay, so are you? Is it? Are there spoilers? Like, if you tell me what happens, like, should I put a spoiler alert? Like, that, does he does he kill somebody? No, there's no nothing bad, nothing bad. You know, and it's it's just like seeing Japan for the first time from trying to do it from a cat's mm. perspective. Like, he goes to the cat cafe. I guess that's not a spoiler. I don't know, but he goes to the cat cafe and he meets the cats there, and he's talking to him because he wants to talk to the other cats, and he's like you've never left the cat cafe? And she's like, no, this is where I live. There's dialogue, though. Yes, they talk to each other. They speak. She, she speaks Japanese. So cats... He speaks English, but they speak the universal cat language. <laughs> okay. Okay. I kind of feel I should have smoked pot or something before this call or something. But I love... Okay, so as we're talking, there's a cat on a, on a, on a, on a business class seat. You're seated... Because it's kind of like, are you meant? You're you're meant to be the sort of the stand-in for the for the Audrey. Yeah, yes. yeah. So you said you said you're in all the photos. Yes, and if you if you notice in the photos, you're, or you're not supposed to notice, but of course you're going to notice, like because they were taken over different trips. Like my hair is all different styles and different lengths. Ah. In some pictures, I'm really skinny, and other pictures, not so much. <laughs> That's that sounds like a Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister commented on it she's like well aren't you concerned i'm like nah it adds to the humor <laughs> well there is a there is that kind of godzilla aesthetic yes. right? like it's kind of like you see the wires wait a second <laughs> so let's let's tie this back man let's let's wrap this into a bundle into a nice beautiful package okay into a nice beautiful cake this idea that somebody listening to this for hopefully will go check out your book uh have a good laugh learn about japan but how how do we inspire the person to write their own book, jump in, start a band? You just do it, and you're going to be bad, and you're going to be awful to begin with. But you just do it, and you get better, and you get confident. And if it's something you really like doing, you pursue it. And if you start doing it, and you're like, God, this is a lot more work than I thought it would be, and it's not very fun, and it's stressing me out, then stop doing it. You don't have to keep doing it. That's my advice. Just, just go for it. Did anybody give you that advice before? No, not really. I kind of got the opposite advice. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Okay, you got the opposite advice. Who gave you that opposite advice? Well, like my parents and my grandparents. And they're like, play it safe, you know, go get a degree that will get you a nice paying job and a career that you know for sure. It's not going to be a waste, like a film degree, you know. And yet you're doing one of the most corporate jobs. I know. I just started doing it not too long ago, too. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those 
funny little quirks, right? That, okay, we can't tell what's in the future. But you know what? I did travel as a kid. We did go travel and my, I, did, I would say I was encouraged to travel, to go see the world as much as I can. And like any opportunity that came up, I took it. I used to travel around or drive around with my passport on me at all times, just in case what? somebody was like, let's fly to such and such. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> really? Really? It's only happened once. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But it's happened once? Yeah, but it wasn't international, but it was a random last minute trip. With my, my husband at the time, boyfriend, we had just, just started dating. And I was at work and he called me. He goes, you want to go to LA? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. He's like, all right, come over. We'll go to the airport. I'm like, you mean tonight? And he's like, yeah, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I love that. Yeah, we only live once, right? Yes. For sure. We also picked the worst time to go to LA because it was all on fire. Or in the surrounding area, oh, it was really? on fire. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny you should say that. I'm actually, now my job is uh, helping a company that does um, air sensors because of, you know, fires, wildfires and sort of how it impacts on, on air quality. So maybe I'll get them on the podcast as well. That'd be interesting. So here's what's also really interesting. Okay, I've had a few people from Houston. One person who was there during uh, Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. Right now, were you in Houston back then? Yes, or yes. Were you impacted by the hurricane? or No, because at the time I lived in a neighborhood, an area called the Heights. And okay. hence the oh, name, good, yeah. it's the highest point in Houston. So we didn't flood, but you couldn't get in and out the neighborhood. That was all flooded, you know, but we did okay. Yeah, but I'm sure you've had people oh, you knew. totally. Yeah, lots of people I know have like lost everything. Really? Wow. Okay, so this many years on, is it just like this weird dream, this weird memory, this weird time? How how do you think about that stuff? Um, for me personally, I'm always a little nervous when another storm comes through because the way Houston keeps building up and building up and adding more concrete, it just it floods easier and easier with each you know oh, really? over time. Yeah, so it's always a concern. You know, we moved out of the Heights, and I was like, did this neighborhood flood? <laughs> and they're like, it didn't flood during Harvey. So I'm like, well, we're, it's probably okay then. I mean, that was like 55 inches in 24 hours. Right. Actually, I think it was 30 inches the first 24 hours and 55 over like two or three days. I also lo I love also love the fact that, um, so your husband, is he from Texas? Yes, he also grew up in Texas. Who's got the thicker Texas accent between you and him? Probably me. Really? Yeah, because I can hear it. Because usually in Houston, I don't, I couldn't hear anybody with the accent. But in you, I kind of hear something in there. Yeah, I love it. but you gotta remember, I grew up in Laporte, so it's a, it's a little. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a little red. That's like Tokyo. <laughs> really? Yeah. They, they, I, I thought they said they called they said uh, Laporte was the Okinawa of Texas. Oh God, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. I have no idea. <laughs> I was like. Is Okinawa that horrible? <laughs> I have no idea. They call it they call Tokyo the Houston of t Japan, which again it also doesn't make sense. I can see that for the summertime because the weather's similar. It's hot and it's hot and humid there. It doesn't get as hot, but it is humid, so I can, I can get that part. Um. So Carrie Carter, you've given us some advice uh, to just do it. You've talked about cats and planes. You finished your book that's going to come out in October, which is super exciting. Anything else, last but not least? Go out and 
try new things. Don't be afraid of it. Carrie, listen, I love the fact that you're a person who, in your own path, adventure, journey, whatever, you went traveling with a cat. Like, you know, you've, this is how you landed. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping it really takes off. Well, one of the things, one of the things that, that is, uh, I've spoken to, I've had a lot of authors on the podcast and, uh, I think I'll leave this actually in the podcast because this is kind of interesting is that for a lot of first time authors, they write the book, like for you, it's five years of work. You finally edit it. You finally get it together. You finally get it printed. It finally gets released. And then the hustle doesn't stop. Like you still have to hustle. Yeah, you still have to promote it and push it if you want anyone to ever hear about it. Because, you know. Yep. Because you're competing. Yeah, I'm not with the big five where they're going to run an ad anywhere. I've got a small micro press, which, you know, Julie is great. Yeah, but even if you were with the big. You still have to promote. Yeah. And, and it, the window of time, it's actually in people's consciousness, is very short because there's so much stuff. I know. I know, I know. And I know, like, the more, I feel like the more people watch TikTok and short videos, like, their attention spans getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But people are reading a lot. Like, people are reading a people lot. People will always read. You know, someone's like, oh, it's a dying industry. I'm like, it will never die. People like stories and they will always want to read, you know? Carrie, look, um, I will look out for the book. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. And um, write that the next, the next book. You have to write another book. Well, I've got some other stuff working in the works, too, that's not not Whiskers Abroad, different you know, different books. Like, like fun management things, yeah? Uh, one of them is a little bit more serious. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is a little bit kidding. more fun. It's, it still has a cat in it, though. <laughs> you have a website? It's CarrieCarterWrites.com. Thank you, Carrie Carter Writes. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. For sure. You're awesome. All right, okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw.